Welcome to our sermon podcast here at City of Light Anglican Church. We are a new church in Aurora, Illinois, finding a new day in Jesus. We want to see the light of Jesus rise and shine in our hearts, in our homes, and in our neighborhoods. Thanks for joining us for today's message. As we all know, uh, Memorial Day is the sort of unofficial start of summer, and uh, I love it when my parents can make it, as they have this weekend, because we have a a little family tradition of doing a lot of gardening. Um, I'm not very good at that. In fact, my my wife mentioned to me the other day after my parents finished their work, she's like, are we even (laughs) grown-ups? Uh, because they, uh, my parents clearly uh, are much better at this than, than we are. Um, at City of Light, we have been in what we've been calling a fallow year. Uh, lying, for the most part, dormant in some of our ministry work, uh, much like the grass outside in this drought-stricken May. I, I, I didn't know it was a drought yet, um, but my, my lawn service um, person messaged me and said that we were in a drought. Um, and, and as I was preparing for this message, I, I had come across uh, the, the wise words of, uh, of a bishop from the fourth century, and I was thinking about those words in, the, in this context of our fallow season and what is happening here in this passage about the Holy Spirit and his work in the church. Here's what uh, the bishop of Jerusalem, Cyril, Uh, said in 350 when he was commenting on 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He said, One and the same rain comes down on all the world, yet it becomes white in the lily, red in the rose, purple in the violets, different and many-colored in manifold species. The rain adapts itself to the thing receiving it and becomes what is suitable to each. Similarly, the Holy Spirit, being one and of one nature and indivisible, imparts to each one his grace, just as he determines. The dry tree, when watered, brings forth shoots. So too does the soul in sin, once made worthy, through repentance of the grace of the Holy Spirit, flower into justice. He acts differently in different persons, though he himself is not diverse. What a lovely, vivid explanation of what it looks like to see the Holy Spirit at work in the church today. The Holy Spirit imparts to each one his grace. Uh, The the word that's translated as grace in this passage, um, in in the Greek, it's this word charisma. And we we have that word in our English language. It means a a certain kind of energy and um, personality trait that's very engaging. But but in this this way, what we're looking at here is uh, this ancient Greek meaning of charisma being a, a gift freely given or gracefully given. What Paul has in mind is the way in which God's grace, 
this sort of invisible, intangible thing is poured out on and in you as a believer manifesting in a real and concrete physical way. In more modern connotations, this word um, has, has ideas about uh, a love gift or a, a tangible token of, a, of an emotion. We might even think of it as a, a birthday present. So, happy birthday, church. Let's talk about gifts, shall we? Um, one of the big questions that Paul is wanting to answer and explore in the book of 1 Corinthians, and particularly in this passage, is how does the Holy Spirit communicate the transformative truth that Jesus is Lord? And his answer in brief is, through the church. And more specifically, what he's getting at is that the Holy Spirit communicates this transformative truth through the manifestation of gifts, behaviors, personality traits, actions, right? Gifts given by the Holy Spirit manifested in physical, relational ways within the unified diversity of the church. And this is all part of God's design. We differ from one another in personality and in gifting because we need one another and so that we can care for one another. We differ from one another. Uh, as that picture that Cyril painted for us, diversity is beautiful. Right? A garden is beautiful because of the variety of flowers. And diversity is beautiful because it reveals God's eternal nature. Uh, the, the extended metaphor that Paul, is in, Paul employs in chapter 12 right after the passage we read today is probably one of the most vivid and memorable in all of Scripture. It's, it's profound. It's clear. It's kind of funny. It's, it's the one that, that compares us to body parts. Right? It's the, the one that Paul uses, the idea of, of talking feet and talking eyes. Uh, maybe it was the inspiration for Pixar's you know, character Mike Wazowski, you know, the, the big green eyeball with arms and legs. What becomes clear, a uh, good, Sam, I'm glad that you do. What becomes clear from this passage is that a part is not a body. It is, by definition, just a part but a part of a whole. And Paul's profound point here is that without diversity, there is no body. There are just parts. But a body is parts unified together in a whole. And this is really important for us to grasp when we're thinking about spiritual gifts and the work of the Holy Spirit in the church because God himself is diverse and yet unified. We speak about God in his Trinitarian nature, three persons in one, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so God has structured his church, the birth and formation of which we celebrate today, to image this to the world. All believers 
are given the Holy Spirit. The gifts manifest in infinitely unique ways through the lives of each and every individual believer. And the purpose of these gifts is the common good. Thus, the various ways that the Holy Spirit manifests in each believer is intended to help the church cohere, to come together, to fuse together in a unified whole, to function properly. Now, I, I don't know what your experience has been learning about or seeing spiritual gifts in the church. But speaking of proper function, I think in the church we often see either one extreme of excess or another extreme of absence. We might see the charismatic and Pentecostal movements, or we might see very mainline reformed movements. Growing up, I had this very interesting experience. I grew up with both worlds. I went to a very straight-laced private Baptist school for middle school and high school. So Mondays through Fridays, I had this very, you know, spiritless kind of experience. And on weekends and on Sunday or Wednesday nights, I was at a charismatic Pentecostal church. Um, such differences can be confusing. Our, our traditional American, uh, the, the Western culture rooted in enlightenment thinking is one that, that views with skepticism, right? We, we have this high privilege of um, analytical or intellectual values. We view with skepticism manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. And this is why it's so important for diversity to exist. Uh, Corinth was a very culturally diverse city. It was a seaport teeming with multiple worldviews. And Paul recognized that Corinth had the potential to image the nature of God in a profoundly accurate way, giving full-bodied testimony to what it means for different cultures, different social statuses, different um, people coming together reconciled to God and one another in Christ. And so experiencing diversity invites us to see our need for one another. When Christians do not or cannot manifest their distinctive gifts in the life of the local church, the watching world sees the church as, in communal life as something dull and conformist rather than something colorful and diverse. And so Paul mentions in this section a number of gifts and, and Bible scholars struggle to understand the nuanced differences between some of them. And, and the list here is not exhaustive. There, there are other lists that Paul gives. So I think it's important for us this morning to realize that, that Paul's point in this passage isn't to give us like the, 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 the Wikipedia explanation of all things, you know, spiritual gifts. What he wants to emphasize is that the Holy Spirit gives a gift to me but it is not for me. In our individualistic culture, we often focus on gifts given to me that are for me, for me to enjoy, for my delight, for my improvement. 
But Paul teaches us here, just as a body through one has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. So we were all baptized by one spirit to form one body. The spirit, the gifts of the spirit are given to me for others, for the common good, Paul teaches us. There is no hierarchy of spirituality here. Rather, out of his infinite love, God gives everyone in his church the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he is eager for those gifts to manifest in infinitely diverse ways in this communal context of the local church. The same rain falls and God has this vision of roses and violets and lilies giving forth their unique color. And we need one another to point out to one another our need for Jesus to go deeper, to recognize the beauty, the contrasts and compliments of our gifts together lead us deeper into the reality of the Spirit's transformative power and presence. In this place, in this diversity, this bouquet of spiritual gifts, we testify through our transformation, and we care for one another. Jesus, in order to accomplish his work on earth, took on a body of flesh and blood. And now, to continue his work on earth, Jesus still has a body of flesh and blood. The people in his church. And the Holy Spirit giving these gifts is the way in which the church embodies the presence of Jesus in the world in a variety of ways through each and every individual member. This, as I said at the beginning, is the answer to that question. How does the Holy Spirit communicate the profound truth that Jesus is Lord? He does it through us, through the way that we serve one another, the way that we serve our neighbors, the way that we serve our God. Another way to understand the word charism or gift is God's grace in action. So as we move into the next part of our worship today, I want you to be thinking about what Paul is revealing, what he's inviting you into in this passage. Look, if you have ever doubted that your faith is genuine, as Paul tells us at the beginning of chapter 12, just proclaiming that Jesus is Lord, meaning that he has been raised from the dead, that is evidence of your adoption and the transformation that is at work within you because that only happens as a gift from the Holy Spirit. And if you have never declared that bold and seemingly absurd statement publicly, then maybe today is the day that you can be open to the influence of the Holy Spirit 
who might be revealing to you Christ in the fullness of his resurrection. The same one Holy Spirit falls in each one of us like rain, bringing forth verdant and colorful life and testifying to the hope of new creation to come and a new life that is available now. We may differ from one another, but it is because we need one another. And it is God's design that we care for one another. So come, enter fully into the life of Christ by participating fully in the life of the church, communicating and experience that Jesus is Lord. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from City of Light Anglican Church. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at cityoflightanglican.org. And now, may the light of Jesus scatter the darkness from before your path.